Oh, so we're, we're, we're a headline-only show now. What is this, MSNBC? This is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the soggy forest of Meadowtail, Washington. Uh, I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And back from vacation and doing some chores in Hood River, Oregon, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Back from vacation? Hey, did you know it's raining out here? Uh, no, it's been been pretty rainy here, too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. April showers bring May flowers. What do April monsoons bring? <laughs> Tomorrow it's supposed to be 71 and sunny here. So Man, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's rained more this month than I can remember for a long time. It's just been constant. But anyway, a little bit of local local talk there. As as you say, we Seattleites talk too much about the weather, but it's uh, it's hard not to when it's just perpetually nine months of rain and then you're like right now it should be starting to break but instead like april it's like doubled down it's like we're gonna we're gonna keep going so anyway uh how are things down there at the hoffman household back from a vacation and uh you're a a veritable bachelor today aren't you yeah i am back from vacation but the wife and kids are still vacationing it up oh with the in-laws so living the good life out there They'll be back tomorrow. No chores, no dad. It's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, got got the lawn mowed. There is enough of a break in the rain to mow the lawn today. So good, good for you. Just, I mean, let's let's really kick it off with some absolutely boring. Nobody's going to care talk. Do you have yeah. a, Do you have an electric lawnmower? Uh, no, push gas powered. Okay, so you're a true, still still a true red blooded American. Well, I, I'm a renter, so this is the lawnmower that you were provided. Provided, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are going with the battery lawnmower. Well, I'm not sure about the battery car. The battery lawnmower does make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, it's you, kind of you annoying. You only need to use it once a week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You only need to use it once a week. It's kind of annoying to go back and forth to fill up your five gallon or three gallon jug of gasoline. You know, you only have to do that a few times. Sure. At least with the push mower. I'm providing most of the the, uh, energy there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, we were just talking a little bit off air about some emails we got from everybody. It looks like people were all uh, playing at home following uh, the instructions from last week and discovering their actual political affiliation. Uh, We had one listener who is a political moderate... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, another one who is very conservative. So, uh, both of which they believed were hugely off the mark. Shocking that the algos wouldn't uh, p- correctly predict that. But uh, maybe we're, we're talking about maybe we could spoof the spoof the the uh, 
the rating there? Yeah, I think there's an experiment uh, experiment to be done there. You know, post some if you're if it says you're conservative, post uh, you know repeatedly about your love of Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton and. You know what I bet it is though, man. I don't. I bet it's not the post. I bet it's the likes. If you 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 go like the Democratic Party or, or yeah. Because that's how I, I well, almost guarantee that's how we get. Well, but then I don't. I don't like a lot of different political stuff online, on Facebook I, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I follow the CDC and some pro vaccine stuff in, the, in addition to the anti vax stuff. So I, I don't know. I I wonder if they've got the anti vaxxer label in there somewhere that we don't don't know about. <laughs> that'd be yeah, that'd be an interesting one for sure. Well, I was just looking through some old shows a while back and real and found a, a classic, which we're, we're talking about the uh, cover of National Geographic. It said, climate change isn't real, vaccines don't work, we never went to the moon, and something else. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good with all that. <laughs> <laughs> like, so there's a war on science. <clears throat> I, I think we might have went to the moon, but fake the TV broadcast. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, so, hey, we attacked a, a country since we were uh, on the air last, just one week ago. We've decided it was time to uh, to bomb Syria, as one does. It had been a year. Midway, yeah, yeah. it had been a good year since we bombed Syria. So, um, my immediate thoughts on this were, I hate... You know, this this is kind of what I was expecting. You know, the, it seems like Trump is part of the war machine. Uh, but, you know, you had a, a different theory on it. I think all war is bad. I think you agree with that. It's just mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out the angles on this one. It seems like everything is a chess match now. and It's not as... I mean, maybe maybe we're... Maybe we're... we're are we biased, Mr. Mr. Hoffman, towards the, the Trump? Well... So here's the thing. So you can either take it as like did John Bolton win or the walrus, right. as Michael Savage calls him, uh, or did Mattis win? And I think Mattis won this one. Okay. And the reason, uh, you know, when Trump, Blasts out the tweet like, "Oh, he's a monster animal." The animal Assad. Here comes some shiny new missiles. There were reports floated about seventy sites being bombed. Lindsey Graham was calling for them to destroy all their aircraft. You know, which would that's that's talking about blowing up military bases that had Russian soldiers at them. Um, which that would have been full on, you know, potentially World War Three. And what ended up happening is upon three quote unquote chemical weapons sites, um, which I have a sneaky suspicion means empty building in the middle of the desert. Um, One of them was like a cancer treatment facility. Did you read about that? With no one in it? Yeah. 
Okay. It was a cancer, like a, not a treatment facility, but a, a cancer research institute. Okay. Well, you know. They... And then they showed footage of it. And, I mean, obviously, if you bombed a chemical weapons plant, what would be one thing that you would know you would find in the rubble? Maybe some chemical weapons. Right. Yet, no one on the site using any type of gas mask, protective clothing, no plume of, you know, vapor or smoke, just a blown-up building. Yeah. So, to me, it seemed like, all right, if you were Trump and you decided, uh-oh, I everyone thinks I'm going to start bombing away, uh, I you know, I can't back down and admit I was wrong. I mean, heaven forbid. Hey, I was wrong. I was duped by my intelligence officials because, you know, any time you question the intelligence officials, it's the only reason is you're in bed with Putin. Um, so t- to me, this, this is the uh, exit as gracefully and with as little trouble as possible so you get the you give the warmongers a little something by dropping some some bombs and you don't kill anybody i mean it's it's actually really hard to drop a bunch of bombs and not kill anybody yes even if you're trying not to so so you know supposedly the only injuries according to syrian press reports were they shot down, well, they claim to have shot down a lot of the missiles, but whatever. One of those missiles then broke up and bits of it crashed and injured people, which is no good, but it's not on the same level as, you know, bombing bunker busters. Yeah. And, and it was a, you know, people are ripping Trump for the mission accomplished tweet. That is absolutely intentional because it's sending the message of like okay we're done like if you guys let this go we're not going to keep you know up in the ante escalation 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 so you know if so now uh russia has the choice even though you know they're not happy about it are they going to get a bunch of their own soldiers killed, uh, retaliating against, you know, bombing some empty buildings in the desert? So, and I'm not saying it wasn't a cancer research, you know, it wasn't, an, but I'm just saying no one was there. Yeah. It wasn't a military. It seems like minimal casualties. Um, it's weird because the left plays it up as, Trump's a warmonger. He's bombing people. Here we go. And then the right, you know, is saying, oh, he's finally not a chicken. You know, he's wor- he's willing to, to step up and stand up for his, you know. He draws the red line and he right he punishes Assad for stepping over. Which, it. I mean, by the way, isn't that <laughs> universally agreed on, at least in between the two of us, as like the best move Obama made during his entire presidency? Yes, was not yeah going to war with Syria and, or or Iran, right? You know, I mean, 
people say, oh, he gave billions of dollars to Iran. It's like, well, he gave them their money back. Right. <laughs> right. He released the money that we had had confiscated back to them, which is not exactly the same as giving them billions of dollars. But anyway. You know, in the, the something they mentioned on the No Agenda show this week reminded me of the first early days of this show. Do you remember when they were first attacking Libya? When we first started doing a show a long time ago, Mr. Hoffman, not, mm-hmm. not 11 years ago, seven years ago in 2011. And what did you and I stumble onto by reading a bunch of articles about what was going down in Libya? That they were shipping people and weapons from Libya to Syria. Remember that? Yeah. And sure enough, some of these uh, weapons that went off you know, over there had German names, supposedly Merck along the side of some of the uh, chlorine canisters. Um, very interesting. And what was the name of the, the operation? It was like Operation Sycamore, Twigs for Sycamores or something like this? Uh, the Sycamore 3 blog by Robert Hyde. <laughs> I don't think that's it. No. It was... Uh, Twisted Sycamores. Yes. Twisted Sycamores. I'll see if I can find it. Twisted Sycamores was also the name of my uh, high school band. Yeah. It's a good band name. We used to to headline for the Soggy Pillows. (laughs) The Twisted Sycamores is like a Christian band ripoff of Twisted Sister there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking it up. You read a story. All right. Uh, well, we talked about the Facebook deal. Um, and I think we both agree uh, Google is a way better, way bigger threat as far as tracking everything you do and selling off the data. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so. Just the small, just the small time I had a Google phone way back in, gosh, twenty fourteen or something like that. I was able to go back and like see all the places I went. Yeah, it's like restaurants, and everything. Anyway, so listen to this propaganda piece from Gizmodo. Tell me this is not uh, not paid product placement there, um, or uh, you know, a paid story. Privacy and security. Meet the woman who leads Nightwatch, Google's internal privacy strike force. Picture of her apparently in a fighter jet for some reason. Makes no sense. Leah Kisner is back at her alma mater at the University of California at Berkeley, armed with a crisp gray blazer, a slide deck, and a laptop with a... My other car is a Pinchon novel sticker on it. Since graduating in 2002, she's earned a PhD at Carnegie Mellon in cryptography and worked her way up at Google, where she manages user privacy and tries to keep things from breaking. She's here to tell a hall of computer science students how she did it and also how to create privacy-protective systems at a scale you won't find outside a handful of massive tech companies. When privacy breaks down at a tech company, especially one the size of Google, it inevitably 
inevitably leads to countless headlines and congressional hearings. The words Equifax or Yahoo is more synonymous today with hacking than with any service either company offered. If its exploitation by Russian intelligence was not enough, Facebook's reputation has been battered over the past month as its years-long negligence to protect user data from Cambridge Analytica has been revealed. Notice, yeah, none of the rest of the story about the Facebook, but anyway. Uh, It's a fate that Google, of course, would very much like to avoid and making sure that Google products protect the privacy of users around the world and that Google accounts for individual users' varying definitions of privacy is Kistner's job. Kistner's responsibilities include making sure that Google's infrastructure behaves the way it's supposed to, transmitting user data securely and not leaving bits of data hanging around in the wrong spots. If someone sends an email, it needs to not leak in transit. If that person deletes the email, it has to actually go away without leaving a residual copy on a maintenance server. Another part of the job is making sure Google's products behave the way users expect them to. This involves considering how someone with malicious intent might take advantage of a Google product and patching up those holes before they're exploited. You want me to keep going or have you had enough? It goes on and on like, oh, she's a genius. She loves math. She could have been part of the Me Too thing because it's you know all the evil men in her industry, but um, well, she's so cool and awesome, and a couple and of, Google is great. So, as someone who who's researched or been at least looking at this sort of thing for the last several weeks, fairly intensely, there's a couple things I want to just divide, you know, kind of separate real quick while we're talking about this. Um, security is one thing. My -hmm. data is secure with Google. I am 100% sure of it. I think that they will... No, seriously. I don't think anyone's going to be able to hack in and find my data with Google. I think that they probably encrypt it. It's backed up on some server somewhere. No one's going to steal my identity. I have two fact. They have two factor authentication. You know, no one's going to break in and steal my data from Google servers. It's not happening. That's not. That's not an issue. It's their product. It's it's their yeah. It's their product. They're holding on to it. It's not. That's not an issue. So when you start talking about security, is my data secure with Google? Yes. Nobody's going to steal it. Privacy, on the other hand, is the other is the other edge of that sword. So people often say, oh, is my data secure? Yes, your data in Google's hand is probably as, as secure it'll ever be than probably Apple and then somewhere along the way, Amazon. But it's the privacy part. Is it private? And, uh, you know, according to them, it, they, re- they release it under, you know, a, a name that cannot or, you know, a number or whatever that cannot. It doesn't have an actual identifiable information. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's the one who is leading the way on this. So, don't worry, man. We got a we got a we got a, a veritable uh, female Rambo on the deal, on the job here. She also Basically, flies. Yeah, she also flies fighter pilots. So no, well, no mention of where that picture came from in the article whatsoever. So fighter pilot. She also flies jets. I mean, sorry. just flies her own like fighter jet on the side. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> but. Anyway, it just, like, Gizmodo just kissing Google's behind like none other. It was ridiculous. When, yes, part of the issue is privacy. Part of the issue is the data you don't realize that they have. Yeah, it might be secure, but 
uh, you know, knowing everywhere you've carried your Google phone, knowing every search you've ever done uh, on the Internet, knowing, you know, all of those things. That was the hardest part for me, right? Like, I already stay away from Google for search. I love DuckDuckGo. Mm-hmm. Um and that was the hardest part for me from that. But like, why sign up for an entire operating system based on the same platform I avoid for just search when it's the best search, or at least it was. Yeah. It's still, I mean, yeah. So we uh, arrived at our hotel in Kennewick, Washington. Okay. And, oh, yes, uh, the... Uh, the great vacationing spot of Kennewick, Washington. Yes, w- yes. well-known uh, villa around the, <laughs> yep. around the around the around the it's way. It's no, it's no Palm Springs of Washington like Yakima, but uh, but I'll tell you what what it has, Tim. It has uh, lots of shopping, domestic keep the, cars. Keep keep my wife happy. Uh huh, and. A lot of golf courses too. Yeah, there is a lot of golf courses in the Tri Cities. Yeah. So, but what what I was going to say is, uh, you know, connect to the hotel Wi-Fi, uh, and logged into Facebook, and it said, "Your weather today in Kennewick, Washington." So it's like, well, you know. Okay. Thank you for reminding me that you know where I am at all. Times. And, and wait, wait, what? But what? I tell me the rest of the story. What were you on when you logged into your Facebook at your hotel room to sell your drugs? I mean, wait, what? <laughs> no, no. But what were you on when you logged into Facebook? Because you don't, you don't have a smartphone, so you were on a, a laptop computer oh, or the this, hotel computer. The same laptop, yeah. Oh, the same laptop. So it's your own yeah. computer. Yeah. Ah, so then, yeah. You should check out the settings in Facebook and see if you're sharing your location. I think you may be. Well, apparently. <laughs> you can go in Even and though. turn all that stuff off. Yeah. Although there's I, been I a lot I... of reports, especially of Google, when you turn the location data off, they still collect it. A lot of reports. I, I did have one uh, travel tip. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so I I worked at a hotel for uh, three or four years. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I worked in hotels for about five years. So, uh, one website option will actually get you lower pricing. So, and that so this is the your your travel tip of the day. I'm ready. This is actually good so, stuff. Go to you go to hotwire.com. Okay. And you look just look through their normal page and whatever you do, don't sign in. Okay? Okay. Don't sign in if you've got a hotwire account and don't make a hotwire account. Um but uh just look through and they'll you know list all the hotels and the pricing and whatever level you want. Just for, you know, like whether it's two and a half star, three star, you know, if you're in a big city and there's four star hotels and you want to spend a bunch of money, then great. So make note of what hotels are in that city in that category 
and then go to their, like, you don't get to pick the hotel, but you pick the star level and location, and, you know, we pick the hotel. That's the only way to actually get lower pricing. Wait, um, I, you lost me there. So I'm at hotwire.com. I'm there now, right okay. now. So okay. do I put in where I'm going and when I'm staying? Uh, yeah. Okay, so yep. I put that in. All right, so yep. let's just go ahead and do that. I'm going to Chicago, and let's just say I'm going uh, next week. Um, side note, I am, so <laughs> no show next week. And then uh, I don't have need a hotel room there, but uh, let's just pretend that I do. So I have no children's over two, and I have two adults. So now I just hit find a hotel. All right, it's searching for me. And now what do I do? Okay. So it will give you, um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see a whole ton of, for Chicago, you'll see, you'll see a ton of hotels. Yeah. So Today's it, top it, deal, 60% off of 247 to $99 a night. Does it tell you what the hotel is? Uh, no. Yes, okay. yes, yes. It, magnificent. No, it does not. In Magnificent Mile in the Water Tower area. Okay. In, in River North. Yeah, yeah. It does not tell me. So you will likely be able to figure out what hotel that's for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then figure out if you want that deal or not. But don't sign in. If you sign in, the price will go up. Wow. <laughs> really? So, Yeah. Because uh, I I made that mistake, and not not a lot, but like, you know, three bucks a night. Wow! And because uh, it's like, oh, you're gonna members save like ten percent sign into your Hotwire account, and then the price went up. But uh, but yes, the anonymous where you don't know what the hotel name is, and the reason for that is that uh, these hotels have figured out for the most part why am I going to sell a room for a lower price somewhere else than they can get it directly from me? Not going to do it. So everyone and, you know, has this, the, basically the same agreement. So you, you'll get the same price anywhere, Expedia, TripAdvisor. Um, the only price difference is how much markup they add on to it. Um, but hotels will actually give Hotwire a lower price hotwire will demand a, a lower price um for that anonymous like they didn't specifically search for your hotel and we threw them into your hotel interesting okay that's a great tip actually well i'll yeah. keep that in mind my friend i like it so we we stayed at a, a nice hilton garden inn in kennewick for about you know probably six uh 50% off. Nice. So. Good work. Sure. Good work, buddy. I did find what we were looking for just a few minutes ago before we got so rudely cut off that the operation name is the Timber Sycamore Operation. Timber Sycamore. Yeah. It's a classified weapons supply training program run by the United States Central Intelligence Agency, supported by various Arab intelligence agencies. 
most notably uh, Saudi Arabia. Launched in 2012 or 2013, it supplied money, weaponry, and training to rebel forces fighting uh, Syrian President Bashir al-Assad in the Syrian Civil War. According to U.S. officials, the program has trained thousands of rebels. President Barack Obama secretly authorized the CIA to begin arming Syria's embattled rebels in 2013. However, the CIA had been facilitating the free flow of arms from Libya to Syria for more than a year beforehand (laughs) in collaboration with the United Kingdom, Saudi Arabia, and Qatar. That's the and, official and, Wikipedia page on it. So and that, then that pesky it, it, Ambassador Stevens was asking too many questions. That's true. That's true. Uh, for more than a year, in quotes. More than a year, I would say probably two before 2013. Yes. Back when we uh, first started the show. When we were young, young podcasters. <laughs> Back when we were young podcasters. we had, The show was young. We had no idea where it was going. Essentially, it's evolved over all this time to be the two of us talking about what we think may be happening and reading stories. Yeah. Which is a lot different than the first show where the two of us were talking about what we think might be happening and reading news stories. (laughs) Yes. It's so much has changed. We've reached a, we've reached a, like a, I mean, the show can't get it much better. It's just, we've reached a, a high point. I believe I have moved four times since the show started. Maybe five. Yeah. I, I think that's actually true. Can you hear that noise there? That's yes. A, yeah. The show really should begin podcasting to you from a pile of toys in the middle of sea somewhere in Washington. <laughs> All right. It's amazing how much stuff is compiled for kids. I know like, that I know that you said that to me, and I was like, "That's not going to be me." And I actually thought of you saying that when yeah. I when I knocked over the water as I tried to make this makeshift <laughs> workspace in the middle of this pile of toys today. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're halfway done with the show. Maybe we should read a story. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've got a headline for you. Okay. Oh, so we're, we're, we're a headline-only show now. What is this, MSNBC? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have breaking... Hold on. Do you have breaking news? Malfunctioning robot terrifies drinkers in a London pub. You want to you start with this? I'm ready. So they... they um, which... Are, I've never seen the show. I've heard people talk about it. There's a show, Westworld, on HBO that has robot, some robot world, right? Yes, Where it's, it's a, some sort of a, it's a it's a fantasy western world that uh, you can pay to go into and then do whatever your heart desires. But or I'm going to do this. Like a lot of it's like just like murdering people and gambling and prostitutes, and it's it's like. Because that's what people really want to do, apparently. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it's actually really dark. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. I know that no, may, that that may be a uh, uh, the the uh, most obvious statement I make in this whole show. But I try to like give it a chance, thinking it was you know maybe a little bit more to meets the eye than just it being super dark. But nah, just just real dark, like human desires fulfilled with fake people. It, it was just it was very strange, and I I couldn't yeah. take, I couldn't do it. 
So one of the actors in the show, they created a robot that looks just like him, and it does, you know, they did a pretty good job. Just the way, you know, wax makers can make someone look like he had a wax. Um, they created this guy, have him sit down in a pub, and then he talks to people, and then he starts ranting about uh, the coming robot invasion, invasion, and then he smashes the glass that's in his hand and freaks people out, right? Uh, and it's a publicity stunt for Westworld. Um, so then uh, Daily Mail uses it as like, oh, will robots take over the world? And then throwing in all the scary quotes, this and that. Um, anyway, just we've we've kind of followed that meme um, with some some trepidation and some skepticism, and uh, of course, robots taking over the world gets brought up in the you know in the conversation in the media uh, as a result of a TV show promotion. If that doesn't typify in our modern culture i don't know what does but um you know the oh i forgot to put this story in the folder did you see the rockefeller art collection going up for auction i did not uh david rockefeller and his wife um you know, just had picked up some art along, th- you know, through the years for their three homes. Um, and it's going to be auctioned off. The kids are only allowed to take one item that couldn't be worth more than a million dollars each. Um, and so the how much do you think what's left to auction? And this is from three homes, and it, it wasn't like, you know, a gallery or anything or storage. It's just stuff they had on the walls. What do you think the estimated value is? 300 million. They're expecting it to go for over a billion dollars. Holy cow. <laughs> just the, just, and I will say this, if someone wants to look at the, the store, I mean, a Rockefeller art, for sale or whatever. It was a, basically a promotion story for it. Um, David Rockefeller was not buying modern art, like paint splatters on the wall junk. Right. He, I have to say it's in pretty good taste. I mean like original Monet's and stuff like that. Just amazing stuff. But, um, Anyway, yeah, they're expecting it. Uh, there are like 60-some sets of porcelain <laughs> dishware, ridiculous stuff like that. But anyway, uh, where that came from, let me tie it back to the robots. Is Robots. Some would say, you know, you could tell a lot about a society by their art. Um, you know, if you look at our entertainment art, it's hard to argue that it's not degrading. I would say it's purposefully degrading and that it's purposefully being used to degrade and 
dumbed down people, you know, the people that that live and are exposed to all this stuff. Uh, but then also supposed fine art. When you look at, you know, stuff that was made in the 17, 1800s, and then you look at supposedly fine art today, uh, one of my coworkers is like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Because uh, there's some art thing happening in town, and she's like, you know, it it's a piece of plywood with four blocks of color on it, and he wants four thousand dollars for it. I'm like, what? And she shows me a picture of it. Sure enough, it's a piece of plywood with four different colors, like not all exactly uh, filled in. And she's like, you know, I get it. It's supposed to be like, oh, it's a outdoor scene-ish because of very light levels. She's like, but it it looks like something I could do in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, I, I don't know. It, it's a lot of art is based on people. Um, well, there's a lot of money laundering too, but it, I think part of it is people – it's like the the emperor that had no clothes, right? No one wants to be the one to tell him. So no one wants to say, like, I don't get it. It's lame. So it's just, oh, yes, that's that's amazing. That's, oh, you know, that paint on plywood is fantastic. So And, and someone got a master's of fine arts degree learning how to do uh, spray paint on plywood. Andrew Hoffman's pet peeve of the day. <laughs> and the the robots probably will take over because we're too dumb to stop it. <laughs> I mean, do you not get robots? You must not get it. Oh, he doesn't get it. I don't actually think the robots will take over. No? No. Well, I have a story for us then. I will read this. It's actually not even a story. It is just a tweet Okay. And this comes from Sarah Abdullah, who is someone I follow on Facebook, uh, or Abdallah, uh, someone I follow on Facebook. Uh, She is a free thinker of the Muslim variety, uh, but uh, always good to try to check in and just see what people around the world are saying. And I find her to be a good source of news for the Middle East, since she's there, you know. Yeah. Um, And... She recently tweeted out, this won't be New York Times front page story. Syria's three major churches condemn the U.S., British, French airstrikes against the Syrian state, declaring that Assad protects Syria's Christian minority and noting that aggression will only encourage the jihadist groups. So I thought I found this to be uh, monumental that local Christian churches there in Syria are not for war in Syria, uh, yeah. and they're not for what's happening. Uh, we the Patriarchs, John X, Greek Orthodox Patriarch of Antioch, and, and all of the East, yada, yada, yada. Uh, gosh, Catholic Patriarch uh, of Antioch, Alexandria, and Jerusalem, condemn and denounce the brutal aggression that took place this morning against this precious country, Syria, by the U.S., uh, France, and the U.K., under the allegations that the Syrian government has used chemical weapons, we raise our voice to affirm the following. The brutal aggression is a clear violation of the international laws, the UN Charter, 
because it is an unjustified assault on a sovereign country. It causes, number two, causes great pain that this assault comes from powerful countries to which Syria did not cause any harm in any way. Number three, the allegations of the U.S. and other countries that the Syria Syrian army is using chemical weapons and that Syria is a country that owns and uses any kind of weapon is a claim that is unjustified and unsupported by sufficient or clear evidence. Number four, the timing of this unjustified aggression against Syria when the Independent International uh, Commission for Inquiry was about to start work in Syria undermines, uh, undermines of the work of this commission. Uh, number five, this brutal aggression destroys the chances for peaceful political solution and leads to escalation and more complication. Number six, this unjust aggression encourages the terrorist organizations and gives them momentum to continue their terrorism. And then moving on to page two, number seven, we call the Security Council of the United Nations to play a natural role in bringing peace rather than contribute to the escalation of wars. Number eight, we call upon all the churches in the countries that participated in aggression to fulfill their Christian duties according to the teachings of the gospel and condemn this aggression and to call their governments to commit uh, to the protection of international peace. Number nine, we salute the courage and heroism and sacrifices of the Syrian Arab army, which courageously protects Syria and provides security for its people. We pray that the souls of the martyrs and the recovery of the wounded. We are confident that the army will not bow before the external internal uh, terrorist external or internal terrorist aggressions they will continue to fight courageously against terrorism until every inch of syrian land is cleansed from terrorism we likewise condemn or excuse me commend the brave and stand uh stand of countries which are friendly to the syria and to syrian people we offer our prayer safety victory and deliverance of syria from all kinds of wars and terrorism we also pray for peace in syria and throughout the world and calling for strengthening efforts of the national reconciliation for the sake of protecting the country and pers preserving the dignity of all syrians how dare they <laughs> can you even imagine Don't, how dare they not thank us for the the love bombs the love bombs here they go we're dropping love bombs on them yeah syrian christians say assad protects uh, local christians better than uh, the u.s does well, when has the U.S. ever been about protecting Christians in the Middle East? Never. Did you, this is not a very good story to read, but did you read the Red Pill, Take the Red Pill, The History of Syrian False Flags Exposed? Uh, no, is it not a good story to read because it relies on pictures? Yeah, so. it relies a lot on pictures, but it it's just basically showing all these photos that have been used to show uh, photos or videos that are used to show how brutal uh, the war in Syria is, but they've all been uh, lies. Like it's all been faked. Yeah. CNN Which, used the same girl in three different crisis pictures. Um, it's, it just goes right down the line. They lied yeah. about Iraq. They lied about Libya. Now they're lying about Syria. Remember this photo of a kid laying next to her dead parents who were killed by Assad? The photo went viral and got thousands of retweets, had people crying all over Twitter. She's laying in between two graves. Oh, remember this photo of the child who was in the back of an ambulance? Well, it was fake. And then remember this photo of the child who was in the back of an ambulance after supposedly being attacked by Assad and his regime? Well, it was fake. <laughs> <laughs> I it, remember that one. Yeah, it gets yeah. worse. And then it shows a guy being uh, pulled off, and then everybody's standing up to 
guy being pulled. He's covered in dust and he's got his legs covered up uh, by rocks and they're trying to free him. And then it shows all of them just stand there like it's a play afterwards. And that shows a kid on the floor covered in blood, lots of makeup, and ends up being fake. Another one's from a music video. Just a lot of the stuff that's been shown to us about Syria, not real. Uh, which doesn't mean that there's um, isn't real oh, suffering. Of course, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of the actual footage or video or that they choose to use on our um, on our news. And, on that note, um, and the the clip is not really worth playing because it's in a foreign language. Uh, if anyone speaks Russian, please uh, you know watch the video and let us know if the translation is accurate or not. But uh, a Syrian boy claims he was recruited um, to participate in the fake in faking a chemical weapons attack in Douma. So he says he walked outside. Uh, and people say, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. And he went to the hospital and they splashed his face with water and threw him around a little bit and then, uh, thanked him and gave him some, you know, gave him some food, which was awesome because he, uh, his mom had told him there wouldn't be any food to eat that day. And then, um, kids, dad said, yeah, I went outside to smoke. There was no chemical weapons. Uh, they told me my family was at the hospital. I went down there and they gave him all snacks and thanked him and sent him home. So could be one of two things. So it could be, uh, these stories are accurate and it was a totally fake attack. Uh, it could also be, uh, kind of the the Sandy Hook style thing where uh, I think there was a real shooting. I'm not convinced that the one um, kid did it all, but there's all sorts of, you know, conspiracy theories floated that, Oh, it's all fake. It's all crisis actors. It's all da, 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 da. Um, for these events that are, uh, fake in some ways, but I think there very well could have been, you know, chlorine that went off, what have you. It just, it just doesn't make sense that it was Assad that ordered it to happen. Right. I guess, it's, you know, so you, but the one yeah, video, level, I mean, the, what level was it fake? Could it all have been faked? Yes. Yeah. And the, the, but it's, it's not necessarily that way. And with a lot of big media events, you know, we're not. I, neither one of us are very big uh, crisis actor guys. We're just we're just not into the crisis actor stuff. But this particular one, with mm-hmm. this one minute and a half long video that looks highly questionable, it has adults walking around without gas masks, seeming to breathe fine. Kids being hosed off by adults with no gas masks that are breathing fine. It's just very sus. That one small video clip, and it's so short that if you watch any ten-minute, you know, segment of CNN that shows, you know, how justified these bombings were, you'll watch that thing on loop like five times, six times. Right. It just keeps looping, and that's all they have. 
That's like literally all they have. It reminds me of the took the babies out of the incubators. They're, you know, pumping the people up with Viagra so they can go out and rape the women. I mean, it just, it just reminds me of that. The, and the, or the, I love this line. Oh, the, you can look up the videos for yourself, but they're too horrible for yeah. us to show you here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, uh, I went and, find, and sought out some of those videos. I'm, I'm a sick man. But remember when those uh, the beheading videos happened and everybody's yes. like, oh, but nobody really watched them? Because like, yeah. they're all saying, well, it's too crazy. I don't want to watch something like that. And I'm of that camp, right? If someone's going to die, I don't want to watch the video. I don't want it burned in my psyche. But after a little bit of you know, thinking about on that stuff, I went and watched the beheading videos. Those things are over-dramatized. To, it's like to the point of laughter. Like it's... right. It's very strange. Mean, it's it's very, it's Tarantino esque, how clear the picture is and how much blood squirts out of the neck and everything. I know it sounds macabre and weird, but I'm telling you, these videos, there's something something's rotten in Denmark. It looks as Hollywood as Hollywood can be. Uh, it just I don't know. It, 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 and those white helmets are they uh, well, literally won an Academy Award? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> James Corbett kind of ripped them to shreds a couple podcasts ago, which I appreciated. So, well, and back in the day, um, different issues, but, uh, Chris white did a video showing some of the, uh, some of the Palestinian fakery, you know, for the Jews are evil and trying to kill us all propaganda. Which, by the way, went bananas last week. That whole sect of the conspiracy movement, because Zuckerberg is a, a, obviously a very Jewish name, and that mm. whole yeah, that whole Jews are going to kill us all thing, you know, under <laughs> an underground conspiracy crowd. They just went bananas when Zuck took the uh, took the stand last week. Interesting. Well, and uh, you know, to be fair, they have been sniping people from Israel. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you're talking about actually the the actual uh, Gaza Strip war. Like, yes. Gaza Strip debacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I just mean the ones who say that, you know, the... the uh, right, no, the... That that doesn't get any like actual attention. That's like uh, whatever. No, 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 not the what? actual Jews killing Palestinians. No, no, no. We're just going to talk oh. about how the you know Jewish Jewish people run Hollywood. This guy's a Jewish name. Yes, and, he, and he's in control <laughs> of Facebook. So therefore, he's not. He's after the guy Goyim. Goyim. What is it? Goyim. Goyim. Thank you. Yeah. That's what, what's the name of that document? The Protocol of the Elders of Zion. Did you have that in your book? Uh, maybe listed as a fake. Yeah, yeah. Bill uh, Bill Cooper had that in Behold a Pale Horse. He listed it out. So yeah, Bill Cooper had a lot of phony stuff, but yes, oh. he did. Oh man! All right, save your emails, people. I know there's <laughs> the Bill Cooper diehards out there. Well, Alex Jones is Bill Cooper, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> is that that's not a thing is it oh it's absolutely a thing no no yes no it was yes. a, sometimes you're, uh, sometimes the sheltered existence you leave brings a smile to my face bill cooper no. alex jones is bill cooper 
No, you're you're mixed up. No one has ever said that Alex Jones is Bill Cooper. People say Bill Cooper would have exposed Alex Jones. You're you're thinking of the comedian guy. Oh yeah, you're right. I am Bill Hicks. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Is Bill Hicks? Yeah. Yeah. You're Which, right. They don't really look all that much alike, but whatever. Conspiracy theory that Alex Jones is legendary, long dead Texas comedian Bill Hicks. Yeah. All these two pictures they have. I swear, if you take two pictures of somebody with the same face, facial expression, and put them next to each other. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. I've, I've derailed the show. I don't feel like we've read very much news this show. Can you read us a story, or are you just done with news today? Um. No? Just well, you got anything else on, on Syria? Uh, I mean, I got all kinds of stuff on Syria in here. I mean, because there were also the reports of, uh, hey, you know, those uh, U.S.-backed rebels are probably going to stage a chemical weapons attack pretty soon. Just so you guys know, that's going to happen pretty soon. And then it happened. Yeah. Uh, there's, I don't know, it's fishy as all get out. Russia has irrefutable evidence the UK staged Syrian chemical attack from Zero Hedge. We have uh, irrefutable evidence that this was another staged event and that the secret services of a certain state that is now at the forefront of the Russia-phobic campaign was involved in the stage event, said uh, Russia's foreign minister, uh, minister Sergei Lavrov. Speculation on a certain state was the UK shortly after when Russia's defense ministry alleged that Britain was involved in the suspected chemical attack. According to defense ministry spokesperson Major uh, General Igor Konishkovev, the Kremlin has evidence that Britain was behind the attack. Well, this is all just Russian propaganda. So, I mean, should I even read this? (laughs) Well, (laughs) the thing is, I tend to believe the Russian propaganda more than our own propaganda. I don't know. But that just shows that just shows that you're a Trump shill, Andrew. Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Russian. I was kind of believe it or not, Tim. I was kind of believing the Russian propaganda more than our own propaganda well before Donald Trump started running for president. But. I know. So did I. I'm giving you a hard time because we've been receiving a hard time from different listeners and by by the way rt is uh um which i'm they they decided not to go with the rt angle they decided to go with the facebook ads thing right because um, i think if they went with rt people would be like rt who watches rt and they they know that RT doesn't have a big impact, but they can kind of conflate uh, Facebook, Facebook ads, and everyone having Facebook into right. like some big deal. Even though if you actually break it down, uh, you know you're not even going to sell that many widgets with a hundred thousand dollars in advertising, much less change the change an election. I still stand by, and I told Dr. Future this on our interview show when he was on, Hillary Clinton could have lost that election all by herself. That's 
She didn't need Russia's help or Putin's help or anybody else's. She easily could have lost that on her own. She's no one likes Hillary. No one likes Hillary. Even people who voted for her don't like her. Yeah. Yeah. Even, uh, like I think if you, if you could somehow run Trump against a, uh, like not a real person, just a, a, ficus. Uh, a Democrat. Or a ficus. He would probably get crushed. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't if, didn't we cover a story years back about ficuses <laughs> that were winning local elections? Or, or yeah, meteors or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think use the, Michael, the giant meteor. Yeah, I think Michael Moore actually is the original. Let's let's select this ficus. I don't. I don't think we did it on our, our show. I could be wrong. Yeah, probably not. Giant Meteor 2016 was one. Of, was one of the better bumper stickers for the uh, election, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Russian propagandist Sergey Lavrov. I mean, Russian ambassador says they have irrefutable evidence it was the UK, but then they don't go on to share what that is in the story. People are dancing in the streets. Syria, Russia, and Iran shrug off the Trump's airstrikes. Now, that lends to what you were saying. that You thought this was kind of an agreed-upon, hey, let's hit some some uh, some empty buildings. We'll call it good. We're strong against terrorism. You guys keep doing whatever it is you guys are doing. And uh, we'll just keep carrying on the way we're going. Yeah. it. They made it very clear that it was not an attempt to take out Assad and see and after you told me that was your theory we texted we actually texted a little bit back and forth during this week which is very rare but why the US claims uh, why this I found this story I, I heard your view on it I thought you know that's interesting and then I actually you know found this story from CNBC why the US claims of demolishing serious chemical weapons capabilities may be pure PR the Pentagon claimed Sunday that the or Saturday the U.S. led uh, attack on Syria set back regime's chemical weapons program for years. On Friday, forces from France, British, blah blah blah. Yet defense defense analysts that spoke to CNBC suggest that some of the dangerous material is probably still available or relatively easier to, produ- to produce. The damage assessment is suspiciously quick. Uh, President Donald Trump ordered the intervention. Blah blah blah. And despite the president's claims of the mission having been accomplished, Lewis suggested that the intervention in Syria had a certain air of futility. This is starting to become like mowing the lawn. They gas civilians, we strike them, they do it again. <laughs> yeah, you've got the whole 50 times thing. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's... I guess... Uh, you know, I think the the pipeline analysis on No Agenda, I was impressed with that. Um, when you look at the countries involved, France, the UK, and the US, they all have a vested interest in, you know, in what pipeline goes through. Um, obviously, Germany is not involved because they're on the <laughs> the other side of the pipeline game. So, you know. Th- we're being lied to. Um, I guess I would suggest not getting uh, too enraged on whatever side of things you're on, because uh, you know we th- we see through through a scanner darkly. 
A good old Philip Philip K. Dick reference on the show tonight. But the at the same time, you know, that's what uh, E. Lewell and Bernays talked about. Uh, one of the goals of propaganda is is that you just kind of sit back and give up. So I'm not saying sit back and give up. I'm just saying uh, avoid the rage. There you go. You know, I, I, uh, it's funny you mentioned E. Lewell because I'm just remembering this week I watched, uh, this last week or so, I've watched a show with my wife. Uh, we watched the, it's called Manhunt, uh, Finding the Unabomber. And it, I think it was a Discovery series. It's a one series show. I think it's eight, eight episodes where they track what it, you know, looked like inside the FBI trying to track down the Unabomber. And, uh, you know, I had no idea some of the stuff that they kind of presented in that. Uh, I went and read up about it a little bit afterwards, and a lot of it ended up being pretty pretty accurate. Uh, but they really, you know, that they never actually tied to Kaczynski to the Unabombings before his arrest. Like, they were very, very, very much just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And the only thing that actually tied him to the bombings at all before they raided the cabin, where, of course, I mean, he was just caught red-handed, everything matched up perfectly but up until that moment you know how much hard evidence they had that that he was the unabomber zero it was Mm -hmm. all based on his manifesto and dissecting his 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 speech patterns and then using language and linguistics to 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 match him up versus some other uh, letters he had written to his brother before well that's because his brother turned him in. But his brother didn't turn him in. That's one of the, the kind of the weird things about the uh, oh. the. I mean, he, his brother did, but it's one of the common misconceptions is that his brother turned him in. What ended up happening was after they published it, th- hoping his brother would turn him in. You know, basically hoping that someone close to the to the Unabomber would know who that writing was from. And his brother actually never read it. It was his brother's wife who was like away from the country. And saw it and then sent it. She's like, Hey, have you read the Washington Post? And he tells her husband, and she's like, He's like, No. And she's like, You like, should read that, like right now. <laughs> and so she matches it up and they contact an attorney, okay? And they give it to an attorney anonymously and ask them to pass it on to the FBI. And the FBI originally comes back and says, Not a match. And so they continue to go down these other theories, trying to pursue evidence, this direction, and everything else. Anyway, my point is, they were somewhat sympathetic to the Unabomber in that they actually explained MKUltra and the horrible psychological experiment that he was a part of at Harvard. Oh, interesting. And it actually showed that in the show, which was like, it blew my mind. Like, I turned to my wife. I was like, hey, this is a big part of my worldview is that, you know, MKUltra is a you know, government program and that this is, you know, this he was a, a major, uh, he had someone who had been done wrong by the MKUltra program when he was at Harvard. So anyway, he writes these really long, and he's very young. He's only 16 at the time. He's at Harvard because remember he graduated high school at a super young age and was you right. know teaching. So anyway, he's at Harvard, sixteen years old, and he starts going on about how much he thinks uh, technology is going to ruin. You know, the dawn of technology and the industrial revolution is having a negative effect on society. And so one of the first times that they actually you know put electrodes to the to his head and like start to basically just berate him like a room full of intellectuals who berate his thoughts. And basically just try to just 
irreparably damage his ego to supposedly be able to create a super ego, basically kind of like satanic ritual abuse where they're trying to, to split your personality in half from severe trauma. So they start doing that. And one of the funniest, it wasn't funny at all, but it was interesting that like one of the first things they said was that all you were doing is, is what did he say? He's all you're doing is regurgitating a mid-level, uh, mid-level philosopher, Jockey Lule from earlier in this century or something like this. And uh, anyway, I just found that to be an interesting way to kind of put him down. Because he was um, he was influenced by Elul. I mean, he oh, quotes yeah. Elul in his writings, and um, part of the reason not everyone knows who Jockey Elul is is because he wrote in French, right? Um, but you know, people people should know who he is, and they should. <laughs> definitely read the technological society and propaganda if if nothing else so sure sure no that's and that was that was you know the you actually come away sympathetic to the unabomber and don't get me wrong ladies and gentlemen i don't think bombing people around the country is a, a good way to get your uh your uh, thoughts out there but just the stuff he's talking about about how you know the the negative effects of technology on humanity since the industrial revolution, a lot of that stuff that he talks about is very real. And he, you know, he was a brilliant guy who was some of that stuff is, you can look at it today and draw a direct parallel, like all the Facebook stuff with the over socialization section of his manifesto as, yeah. as human humanity becomes over socialized, they won't be able to control, you know, some of their impulses and, and will be, will become addicted to socializing with others and things like this. So, uh, Anyway, it's a great series. I, I recommend he, it. But he predicts the, you know, the going overboard on political correctness. He he does predict a lot of stuff. You know, I think I've said it before, but it, if you take God out of the equation, then he's got a pretty strong argument. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. And and he, you know, he was an atheist and big evolutionist and what have you. So, you know, as a, as a Christian, you get a factor in God and God's grace and God's sovereignty into the equation. And there's, that's the reason there is hope. And that's the reason, you know, robots aren't going to take over. Right. But, you know, otherwise you can go the way of the Unabomber or even Richard Dawkins. I mean, that's the end, right? Yeah. Still, still not sure. I mean, I guess I get the logic of uh, people don't pay attention to you until you start blowing stuff up. Uh, it's just it's interesting for for someone who supposedly kind of took on this view of uh, you know I'm going to live a life that is actually worth living and outside of this stuff, you know, and then acting in a way that could send you to jail for the rest of your life. Like <laughs> who was he trying to save exactly? I, don't I think know. he was it's still just angry and messed up from what they did to him at Harvard. I mean, yeah. Dr. Murray, the guy that at uh, Andrew Murray at uh, Harvard, I mean, he, he did a real number on him and like, you know, as very, as mentioned in the, in the series as well as in, 
you know, documentary uh, films about this, even on the Wikipedia page, you know, the Murray's trying to deconstruct and uh, abuse the ego of college age students. It just so happens that Ted is 16 years old and at a college age, you know, college level for math and happens to be there. So, I mean, it just, it really, really did a number on him. I think it's filled him with anger to lash yeah. out at others. I think that was where a lot of it came from. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, well, and, and it, it's, and this is another way I thought of it too. Uh, you, I'm sure you're f- familiar enough with pop culture and stuff to know the, do you, you know, like the, the overall plot for the, like the Terminator, uh, movies, uh, robot comes back from the future to stop us from destroying ourselves right robot comes back from the future to like you know kill sarah connor because she's going to have this kid that's going to be you know that's going to invent this thing that's going to make the the machines take over my dog's here again um i feel like in a strange way uh ted kaczynski was playing his own game of terminator and so he was sending stuff out like he would send stuff to like you know the one of the biggest um uh, members of the timber party you know who's 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 not timber party but you know who who's in the timber you know uh occupation you know timber industry you know send it out to him send it out to people who are working on development of computers send a bomb out to and so it's like he's like trying to like reverse engineer human uh evolution or if as he would believe it does that make sense yeah trying to stunt it in a way yeah Overall, a bad idea. I'm just going to go yes. on the record and say that. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly why, you know, uh, staging an attack and blaming it on your enemies is a more effective <laughs> strategy. So, than actually, actually just... doing the bombings tends to turn people against you. <laughs> go on. I was reading about him in Wikipedia last night. He had his only two roommates, uh, roommates, his only two cellmates he has, because he's basically on death row in a federal penitentiary, which is a very, very solemn existence, if you think about it. His only two roommates were, you know who they were, right? No. Come on, give it a whirl. In the 90s, federal death row, into the early 2000s. Timothy McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh. Ding, ding, ding. And then who is the original World Trade Center bomber? Ramsey Youssef. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Andrew Hoffman. Leave us with some words of wisdom other than how to get a cheap hotel in <laughs> no, ha- Kennewick, Washington. Hotel, on the, ri- on get- the, the Riviera of the Washington State. How to get a decent hotel more cheaply. There you go. Uh, I don't know. Blazers. Oh, God. (laughs) Blazers need to shoot the ball better in game three. I mean. I want to see more Zach Collins. I want to see more Zach Collins. I want to see less Evan Turner. As a matter of fact, Evan Turner doesn't need to touch the ball for the rest of the series. I think he's hurt now, so you probably won't see him. Oh, that's great. And more shabazzle-dazzle. I mean, maybe Shabazz can figure out how to to move the ball around because they won't double-team him like they're doing Lillard. But, geez, this is a, we've come to a grinding halt here. 
Yeah, this is something, something, something. Paul bearers at my funeral. Something, something, something. Blazers let me down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been rough. Oh, I forgot about my tie-in to the robot story. Yeah, I I believe you messed up your own tie-in. I. For the robots. <laughs> totally messed it up. Well, here was my plan. Okay, I had a plan. I'm ready. Uh, the plan was robot story, and then segue into um, clip about the the robot that uh, some people don't realize is a robot, and then play in a Russell Wilson clip. But I couldn't find I couldn't find one that had enough cliches packed in uh, <laughs> you know I, I did sit through his QB to QB show <laughs> it like as bad as you probably think it's going to be 10 times worse <laughs> he's no John Gruden huh? he manages to say you know like as a ver- as a verbal tick he says it about 20 times in 30 seconds. He needs he needs a firmware update. He's, it's just, <laughs> he needs a firmware update. The, the, Russ, the Russ bot's on the fritz. But, uh, <laughs> adversity, adversity is the path to greatness. <laughs> One play at a time. Go Hawks. <laughs> Most important play is the next play. <laughs> My favorite one was like, Baker Mayfield, you're short, I'm short. Let's stand up and see who's the tallest. Yeah, that's how the show started. <laughs> oh, it's bad. And in, in a lot of ways, I I love Russell Wilson. I do but, too. I love him to death in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, he irritates me. Yeah, I well, don't know, man. I, I uh, the the Fox interviewer Sharissa, whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, you know, she loves Russell Wilson, but the next time she does an interview with him, she's going to have cards made with all his cliche phrases posted up all around her. And every time he says one, she's going to hit a buzzer and make him start again. (laughs) Go Hawks. She's like, if you could get him off the, off the, he can't man. He's, he's that cheesy. Have you ever heard like the, the tapes of him and like, uh, him and Pete Carroll talking to each other before the game? Like they're both that like especially Russell Wilson, he's still that cheesy. Like yeah. he'll say he'll look at him and say, Field's still the same size, right? And then Pete's like, Yeah, yes. And he's like, Still a hundred <laughs> still a hundred yards by forty, right? And he's like Yep, yep. That, you know, Pete's just like chomping gum, like, Yeah, yeah, whatever you say. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russ is like, still just, you know, sixty minutes, right? Yeah, 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 But I think he, I think he, like, he, like, like that's how he thinks. I think he, he needs it. Is that the Russ bot yeah. has to like form its own, its own thoughts, its form its own speech patterns to like it's he's speaking it, he's speaking reality, he's speaking it into into truth. Yeah, yeah. And doesn't it feel like this whole Colin Kaepernick thing has been calculated from the moment? Like there, he was just waiting for one more team to give him a shot, and then he was going to sue. Oh, I thought he was already suing. I think he is. No, but he's going to. He's there. Well, they're calling uh, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, going to be uh, deposed because mm. uh, he wants to sue for collusion. 
yeah, general managers can't come to their own. Uh, how, how many people do you think enjoy this, by the way? This is some really strange sports talk at the end of the show. Oh, you're not going to put any of this in the show, are you? I mean, come on. This is the, be- <laughs> this is the best part of the show so far. <laughs> copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com. And thank you for your support of this podcast. 